Welcome back, everybody. Hi, hello again. It's me, Matt. Tish is here also. She's hanging out with me in the studio this time. I know she didn't show up sometimes. Thank you, everybody, for listening to last week's episode on the Mayans and so many other interesting cultures. God, how fun was that? I learned so much about so many similar things. I'm glad I, I'm glad I read about that. And all their different gods and all the drugs we did or all the weed that I smoked. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. If you did enjoy that, go do me a favor real quick. Go do all the free for you to do stuff that might eventually make me some money. That would be really awesome of you. The places that allow you to do that, like Spotify or iTunes, I think I'm on iTunes now. My um, hosting site thing has a green check mark onto the iTunes box, so I think I'm, I should be on there, but I don't have Apple Podcasts, so I can't find out for sure. Um, you can also go look over to the Facebook page, which I think I'm going to try to start being a little bit more active with in the future. I want to get more involved with all my listeners. Um, PayPal donations are also a thing you could do if you want. I'm not super really worried about that right now, but it's there if you and your beautiful faces want to send a stranger a time-delayed dopamine response to highstorypodcast at gmail.com. Kind of in the same vein... I'm also sort of kicking around maybe doing a Patreon for some bonus mats? Bonus material? Plus it's my name? Shut up. I don't really know what I'd be doing over there, but you know, since it's a paid thing, I'm not really sure yet what I could do to make it worth anyone's time or money. One of my friends suggested doing some video game lore, since a lot of my in-real-life friends are also nerds, dorks, and or geeks. Big shout out to nerds, dorks, and or geeks. Um, maybe just a retelling of another of like another fun story, like Halloween's coming up soon. Maybe I'd do a spooky story. I don't know. Maybe you can um, let me know over on the Facebook page. That would be fun. And by the way, big shout out to Cran Grape and Barbecue Kettle Chips for getting me through this weekend. That was... Oh, that helped a lot. So, without further dudes, let's get on with this. Going back into the world of true crime this week. David, I'm sorry. I know when you listen to this, uh, no closure on this one. I know that bothered you the last time, and I'm sorry. That's just kind of how it panned out. That was for a co-worker of mine. His name is David. And I guess it's also for anyone else named David that dislikes cliffhangers. Hi, David. Anyway, once again, we got another strange case that ends up leaving us with more questions than answers, but it's a compelling tale nonetheless. Tara Calico, my roller coastery rabbit hole of a true crime from my spare time this week. Cut to February 28th, 1969. A child is born, a baby girl named Tara Calico. All right, skip to September 20th, 1988, Bella, New Mexico. Just kidding. However, um, there. I don't know a ton about her childhood or what she was like, so just picture someone you knew when they were real little. Okay, do you got it? Okay, now, moving on to September 20th, 1988, Belen, New Mexico. Use your imagination to zoom in on what you think New Mexico State Road 47 looks like. This was a daily 25-mile bike route traveled by Tara and her mother, Patty Dole. Tara, at this point, had just turned 19 a few months prior and was a pretty girl. About 5'6", slim, athletic, brown hair, hazel eyes, an attractive young woman. Patty, 
Mama Patty. Patty had been going on bike rides less frequently with Tara because asshole drivers began harassing them while they were out doing their thing. Driving too close, catcalling, you know, whatever dumb shit drivers in the desert do. That morning, Tara told her mother, If I'm not back by noon, come looking for me. Sun glinting off the diamond and her butterfly ring and her hoop earrings as she waved goodbye out the door that morning. Her plan for that day was bike ride, then tennis match with her boyfriend sometime around noon 30. Then, right after that, supposed to go to class at the University of New Mexico at about 4 p.m. And Tara was just 19. And you remember 19? Remember being 19? I try not to. Not often. Why? Because it sucks being that age. It, it sucked being 19. I remember that. If you're listening to this right now and you are 19, trust me, it does get better. In the moment, it's going to seem like it's taking forever, but once you get past that side of it, and you'll see that it didn't really take that long to get to where you are, and all the shit that you're worried about not working out, fucking let it not work out. Fuck it. You need all the different types of perspective to get on with it, so... It sucks being that age, and Tara's always being portrayed as a bubbly, happy, good... Eh. She's always portrayed as bubbly and happy and has a good relationship with her mom and not in one of those tumultuous teenage time bombs relationships with her boyfriend, but, you know, we all knew who this girl was in high school or whenever. I knew a lot of this girl when I was that age. She was that girl, that girl, that girl. I don't know what... You're doing down there, but good luck with it. She was also that girl and that girl. She was a very common girl. You know, we all know someone like this. And, you know, yeah, all that stuff's true on the surface, but everyone knows the happy girl, but no one has a perfect life. But we all know someone who can fit that description. You know, outward appearance aside, usually there's something hidden away, which is totally normal and completely fine. You know, they're just trying to figure some stuff out. Anyway, back to uh, September 20th. This happens in fucking broad daylight, first of all. Tara just disappears. Gone. Vanished. No witnesses. No accident. No abduction. No bike. No Tara. The last words she said to her mother started playing on repeat in her head. If I'm not back by 12. So Patty, un pretty understandably, starts losing her shit just a little bit right around 12.01, and goes searching up the road. Drives up and down the highway, looking for any sign of Tara. Does not find anything. The police later on found some debris from a shattered Walkman. Alongside it, there was a Boston cassette tape and some tire tracks in the dirt, but no butterfly ring, no bike, no Tara. Patty thought that they may have been dropped on purpose to leave some sort of trail of breadcrumbs, so to speak, maybe... Let them know that, hey, something happened and look for me. But some people say they saw her biking down the highway, maybe next to a light-colored truck of some kind. And despite the Walkman debris and her Boston cassette tape and, I guess, the witness statements, no white and turquoise of Ia's, no butterfly ring, no bike, no Tara. <laughs> That's the get high music, by the way. You should do that whenever you hear it. The police don't really have a whole lot to work with here. There's no suspicion of foul play or no evidence to really point to. 
They kind of have the Walkman and the cassette tape, but who knows? Maybe she hit a patch of sand and peeled out, landed on her Walkman, and shattered the bass boost right off of her hip. It happened. So, with nothing else to really go on, they look into how's her home life. Is she happy? What do her parents say? Would she run away? Why is he using that voice? No, I don't think so. Again, always described as cheerful and enthusiastic about life. Think about every girl you know like this. Not to say that she's troubled in any way or comes from a bad background, but she's probably stressed out about something. I mean, aside from assholes and trucks during bike rides. You know, maybe her job as a bank teller is shitty. She's just going about her day, trying to do something with her life. She's just out there doing her thing, trying to figure it out. So I don't think she'd run away, and neither does her stepfather, John. Said there was just He said there was just so much she wanted to fit into a day. She was like a little machine. It was amazing. And they waited and waited and waited and waited. But still, no Tara. Then... On June 15th, 1989. Almost my exact birthday again. <laughs> I always take notice of dates close to my exact birthday. Does anybody else do that? I'm, anytime I see my almost birthday, I always take a little mental picture of that. Does anyone else do that? Anyway, nine months later, after all of that waiting, finally they get a clue. Finally! A clue! Woo! But I suppose clue is a bit of a misnomer here, Aww. at least psychologically. When you hear Clue, generally, it's received as a positive thing in your head. It's a brief moment of hopefulness. Yeah. Well, this is not that. Oh. This is disturbing. And honestly, just raises more questions and makes the whole thing that much more confusing. Oh, boy. So we're going to go on a little bit of a road trip, clear across the country to a convenience store parking lot in Port St. Joe, Florida. Sounds nice, right? Um... Here's what I want you to do. Picture a nice seaside beach town. Okay. Give it all the amenities you could possibly want. Uh-huh. Clear blue water, palm trees, crabs, what, I don't know. Now, put it in Florida. But, in the top part of the panhandle, on the bottom edge of the state in the Gulf Coast. Got it. On the bottom edge, there's one of the counties has a little nipple thing that kind of tips out into the bottom of the gulf that kind of also has what looks like a sort of tail it's that's where this that's where port st joe is it's right over there so enjoy your seaside beach town in florida thanks i hate it a woman at that convenience store pulls up just after a white toyota cargo van driven by what seemed to be a mustachioed man in his 30s perhaps mario perhaps not this is florida in the space where the van was parked, she finds a Polaroid. Pictured in the Polaroid was a boy and a girl, both bound with their hands behind their backs and duct tape over their mouths. The boy in the background of the photo appears to be much younger, shaggy blonde hair and maybe a bowlish cut. Nothing but pure terror in his eyes. The girl looks to be much older and a slightly calmer expression Maybe more tired, angry, or impatient. Scared, for sure, but she's allegedly. But she's been with these people for almost nine months, so impending physical harm is not quite as much of an immediate thought. At least, that's kind of what I saw when I looked at her face. 
Police attempted to set up a roadblock to catch the van, but were unsuccessful. Then the photo goes on the 80s equivalent of viral, gets on America's Most Wanted, and soon the entire country was invested on where the fuck is Tara? Yeah. Patty, her mother, had her doubts about if the girl in the photo was Tara at all, but the more she looked at it, the more it just kind of fell into place. Near the right side of the picture, there's a scar on the girl's leg, which Tara would have had because of a car accident that she had when she was a child. Also pictured in the picture was a copy of My Sweet Adrena, which is a book by V.C. Andrews, and it also happened to be one of Tara's favorite books and authors. So it seemed pretty convincing to Patty, but not so much with the police. FBI and the Los Alamos National Laboratory could find nothing really conclusive, but Scotland Yard over in the UK said it definitely was her. So that's not really helpful. Then the only thing they did agree on was that the photo could not have possibly been taken before May, as the type of material it was developed on had not yet been available. And we have come to a natural pause break. <sighs> I'm tired, guys. I don't know about y'all. It's been a long week. But imagine having to go through all that. <clears throat> Your daughter literally vanishes into thin air one afternoon, with barely any hints as to what may have happened or where she is. No idea if she's alive or what for almost nine months. Nine months. Nine months. That's about how long most pregnancies go, by the way. It's just about how long a school year is. And uh, just for you mega nerds out there, and this was fun for me, it's also how long you would take to reach Mars if you use the home and transfer trajectory. Don't ask me to expand on what that is. I didn't get any further than that. My point is, that's a way different kind of nine months to be waiting for something. And that is a long time to wait for anything. A lot can happen in nine months. If done right, you can get to Mars. And then poor John and Patty finally get a clue as to the whereabouts of their missing daughter, and it's that photo. Fuck me, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Wait a minute, hold on. Back the fackety fackety fickety fuckety fuck up. Who is that little boy in the photo? Not only does his presence in the photo make the entire situation way worse for investigators, but also makes it a lot more difficult to track down Tara because now attentions are being split between two different missing persons. Michael Henley, as his family identified him in the photo, went missing in April 1988 whilst camp hunting with his father. That's just a hunting trip, but I turned it into a verb. Deal with it. Unfortunately, his remains would be found in the Zuni Mountains in 1990, seven miles from the campsite. He had likely died from exposure long before the photo had been developed, and this is confusing to me for a reason, because it doesn't add up. Henley went missing in April of 1988. Tara went missing September 20th of also 1988. The photo in question could not have been taken before May of 1989, and they didn't find it until June 15th of 1989 in Florida. Way over there in Nipple County. The old nipple tail. So Henley was already long dead by the time that that photo had been taken. So it couldn't have been him in the 
pictures. So who the fackety, fackety, fakety, fuckety, fuck, and sometimes why is that little boy in the photo? And you would think after all that time and distance, somebody would have seen something, right? Well, investigators did notice what could be a phone number on the book. They narrowed it down to 57 possible numbers, but nothing really came of it. A uh, few people in Peace St. Joe saw a girl on the beach alongside several Caucasian men shouting, quote, verbal orders, to which there was no protest, although that could just be Florida beach trash. A year later, on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, reinvigors the investigation. Briefly. Nothing really comes of that either, and then the case goes cold, unfortunately. In 1998, her family had her declared legally dead, which is so sad. Ten years later... And unfortunately, Patty, her poor mother, passed away in 2006, never never really getting any closure on what really happened to her daughter. And then two years later, in 2008, the sheriff of Valencia County, Rene Rivera, claimed to know what happened to Tara and who did it. He claimed it was two teenagers following Tara on her bike. Some sort of accident happened, and they ended up disposing of the body. However, without any physical remains, he could not make any arrests. Hmm. Curious why this doesn't come out until after her mother dies. John, stepfather John, is still alive though. And he's pretty pissed about, why did you bring it up then if you can't do anything about it? You fucking dickhead. And then a few stray photos have popped up here and there and they didn't really lead to anywhere either. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. She's, uh... She's been missing for literally my entire life, and all we have to go on is a questionable Polaroid. So, yeah, I uh, guess until next week, guys, bye. Ha ha ha, psych. Oh, come on, you didn't think I'd leave you hanging that bad, did you? I'm trying to be a professional here. I'm glad you kept listening for a few extra seconds because I kept reading and check this shit out. Yay, man. Turns out there might be some closure after all, David. Hooray. All David's specific and random. Woo. A little bit of extra digging brought me to some other details from the sheriff. Two informants claimed four teenage boys were responsible for her death. They were following her they were following her with the truck way too close. Teenagers don't really have good depth perception. I didn't and still don't. It's a problem. Hit her. She falls. The Walkman shatters. Boston cassette tape flies across the road. So they all get out and check and realize, oh shit, she's still alive. So they all panic and they kill her for some reason instead of driving off. Or helping her. Then they buried her somewhere out in the middle of the sunfuck desert and got rid of the bike. Doesn't say how long the sheriff was privy to this rather helpful bit of information, but that's quite a bit of circumstantial evidence. Enough to convict on, so why wait so long to come out and say it? But then the bastard resigns from office in 2011, making zero arrests, so congratulations, buddy, for making zero progress in 23 years. Stellar accomplishment, my dude. Fuck out of here. So now that he's left office, he can't continue the investigation even if he wanted to, which apparently he didn't want to and did not. So, now what? Is that, is that closure? Does that count? Not quite, so I guess bye again? Oh, oh wait, hold on, hold on, Tish has something to tell me, hold on. Uh, what? Really? <gasps> no. Okay, that's what you say, that's uh, alright. Yeah, I'll go with that, alright, cool, thanks.
Bye. Love you. Okay. <gasps> well, in that case, maybe this will provide closure. Get ready for rapid-fire insanity in the form of a deathbed confession from Mr. Henry Brown. Go! One day, Tara disappears shortly after Henry is hanging out with his buddy, Lawrence Romero Jr. Lawrence Romero Jr. is also a classmate of Tara's. On that day, Henry, Lawrence, Dave Silva, meet Dave Silva, everybody. They're in Lawrence's basement for some reason, drinking margaritas and eating fajitas. Henry looked down, saw, oh shit, what the fuck is that? What appeared to be a small body and a blue tarp. Lawrence, shithoused on margaritas, oh, that's Tara Calico, she's our classmate. Lawrence then said, now completely sober somehow, he and his friends were out one day driving around in my truck and noticed Tara on her bike. Lawrence, Dave, and now fucking player four has entered the game, Leroy Chavez. Knocked Tara off her bike with the truck. Everybody jumps out at the same time to abduct her. Then they all sexually assault her instead. She screams, I'm going to call the cops and you'll go to jail. Lawrence, angered by mention of the police, grabs a knife and starts stabbing her repeatedly while players two and four hold her down. They hide the body in a bush, then the basement, which is where player one, Henry, that's where he gets involved, then in a pond, no, too wet, and then finally out into the desert, and then Henry died right there in his shitty bed. Well, not immediately because probably not long after that since he was terminally ill. Man, I really hope that counts as closure because everybody involved in this rapid fire experiment already died before this confession took place, so none of that matters and no one can be prosecuted anyway, and I told you it was a roller coaster, the end. <laughs> Seriously, that's all for real this time. Um, there's been a handful of theories here and there, but uh, there doesn't really seem to be anything new that's been brought to light, and if there were, it doesn't seem like nothing's going to happen, and we'll never really be able to know the truth for sure anyway. So, Oh yeah, and one other thing. Who was that girl in the photo then, if it's not Tara? If that other bit's true, then who is that? Ugh, more questions keep coming up. That's all I got for you this week, you guys. Um, I hope you had fun with that. I had a lot of fun. I'm pretty sure you can tell I had fun. I hope you laughed. I hope you learned something new, something you can tell your friends about it school or work or on other parts of the internet somewhere. I don't know. But since that was a little bit of a shorter story than I thought it was, I wanted to share a little bit more of Matt's world with you. So if you know me in real life, you know, I'm basically Steve from American Dad, only without the hair. Nerdy kid with glasses who's always singing. Well, I discovered Earlier this week, I can sing a lot lower than I thought I could, and I was distracted all week by a new thing I could do, and I kept putting off doing this episode because of that other thing was more intriguing at the time. So, I was a little bit distracted by, you know, a, a different interest, which happens pretty frequently with me, and, you know, it's nothing to get bogged down about. And I think it's because it required less brain power after getting my ass kicked at work all week. My point being, if you ever find yourself needing to do something but can't quite find the drive or motivation to do it, try this. This is what I did earlier. Go put on real pants, whatever you consider to be real pants, and put on your shoes. For me, the shoes go on when I leave the house and go to work to be productive and interact with the world around me. When I get home to relax and do nothing, that's when I take my shoes off. 
So I put them on this morning and never took them off so I could stay motivated to make this episode of this podcast, and it worked. So, I know, completely anecdotal, but hey, if you have access to hear this bit of advice, uh, you probably also likely have access to at least one pair of pants and some real shoes, so try it out. Let me know if it works for you. But Matt, where, where do I do that? You can do that over at Facebook page, maybe Podbean, iTunes, I don't think. Spotify has comments, but whatever thing you listen to on, whatever thing you listen on that allows you to do the free stuff, please go do the free stuff. Leave me some comments in all the appropriate places or questions, and I'll try my best to address them. That's pretty much all. Hope you guys all have a badass week. Make lots of money and smart choices. Make more smart choices. And you know what? I'm going to lean into the cliffhanger, no closure sort of theme this week and not tell you what's coming up next week. So, bye-bye. Don't forget to get high and stay kind.